You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Good morning again, everyone. Is someone excited to be in God's house this morning? Is someone excited to be alive? Awesome. Uh, Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We're grateful for the gift of life. We're grateful for the gift of your presence. As we go into your words this morning, we ask that you will cause light to shine, to flood our hearts. We ask that you would reveal your truth to us. We ask that we will be transformed in your presence. We ask that you will speak to us and you would answer those questions that we've heard in our hearts. Let your word do its work in us. Let it do an internal and an eternal work in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, good morning again, everyone. Welcome to church this morning. It's really great to have you in God's house. And for everyone joining online, thank you so much. Good morning. We're grateful that you're here. Happy New Year. We trust God for an amazing 2021. We trust God for a year of greater opportunities. Our theme at the Elevation Church and all of its expressions of which LifePoint is a member is greater. Okay, so we trust God that over and above the things that we have experienced, the things that our hands have handled, the things that we have seen, the things we're trusting and believing God for, that we would experience. Still in line with our teaching series for this month, Tad's Greater, I will be speaking on pressing into abundance pressing into abundance. Now, uh, for a lot of us young people, us young people, amen, um, when we hear about abundance, prosperity, and all, we, sh we, we, sh we shrivel inside because it's as though, yeah, the church has come again. You know, they're about to ask me to come and give some seed or pay some, some more offering or stuff like that. But that's not it, guys. One of the things that we are taxed with as God's children is never to shy away from the truth. And God's word is very clear. God's position is very clear on the fact that he desires for his children to be wealthy. He desires for his children to live comfortable lives, to live um, lives of abundance, okay? Uh, on the back of the very intense and unprecedented 2020 that we've had, um, I'd like you to just follow me as we go on and search the scriptures together this morning. I trust everyone has their Bibles here, whether on a device or your paper Bible, but you have a Bible and you will follow, okay? Let God's word just pour over us and let his truth be revealed to us. All right, so I will read from Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 to 9, the New Living Translation. It says, for this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says in just a little while. I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is with the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. I don't know how many of you noticed how many times I had to say the Lord of heaven's armies. That just goes to show to you that God is affirming and confirming the fact that, look, I said this. This isn't um, a figment of uh, Prophet Haggai's imagination. You know, by repeatedly, it is for emphasis, you know, it's to reiterate or drive home a point that who is speaking in this case? It is the Lord of angels' armies. It is God Almighty who is saying that, look, you know, there will be a shaking, but I will restore glory. Now, we've experienced the shaking in 2020, and in this year, the shaking continues. The shaking continues. That is not to instill fear in anybody's heart. That is not to make you begin to doubt and fret. That is not even supposed to make you junk the plans that you have carved out for this year. What's the point since the shaking continues? What is the point? We might as well just chill. And let's see what happens eventually. No. God is saying here that he will restore. And the reason why he's restoring uh, is because he wills to. It is, it's his prerogative to. It's his desire to. He's restoring 
is ensuring that the glory of the, uh, of the latter, the glory of this year, you know, will far outweigh what we have experienced before now. Now, a quick um, point that I need to bring to our attention is this. So you know how this scripture has this temple, this place, uh, this temple and this place is used about four times in between verses 6 to 9 here. So if, if that scripture is back up on, on the screen multimedia, verses 6 to 9, this temple is used twice, this place, it's, all, it's still referring to the same thing. However, I need for us to know that the temple of God that was referred to in this scripture, uh, in this day and age, is no longer a location. Okay, it's no longer a location, it is us. We are God's temple. And so when um, you are reading this scripture, you need to see it and internalize it and, um, you know, personalize it. See how it applies to you as an individual. And so everywhere you have the temple, you need to understand that God is referring to us as his people. We have chosen to appropriate this scripture beyond a location to refer to us as God's um, temple as his children. Now in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you. That is just to buttress that you are God's temple and God indwells you. Okay? So just establishing that as a foundation. Now the promise of this season is beyond recovery or restoration. For a lot of us, that's what we want. We just want to be restored back to our former positions you know, before the pandemic hit. You want to get back that job you had lost. You want to uh, make back the money you had lost in investment or whatever it is, you know. For some, you want to be restored in health. But it's beyond just recovery or restoration. God is not just restoring the former according to, to this scripture. He is making the glory of the latter also exceed what you have previously experienced before now. Okay? Um, one of the things I also need to establish when we talk about um, pressing into abundance uh, and I do need to just <laughs> let you all know watching online and in the in the room uh, money talk is not my greatest strength especially in money talk in church I can teach on finances I can teach on investment opportunities and stuff but when it comes to standing before God's people and speaking about money because of all the drama that has ex that we've experienced you know over the years uh, with just how the church is perceived when it comes to wealth uh, and abundance um, it's not a, exactly a strength, but we must teach God's truth. We must teach God's truth. We must enable God's people to understand um, his desire for their lives. Okay? All right, so the first thing that we establish is that God is our source. Now, remember the Lord of angels' armies, the, the God of heaven's armies that we have read in that New Living Translation in, in Haggai? Yes, he is the source. He is the source. So you may be um, a billionaire in Naira or a millionaire in Naira right now, sitting in the auditorium or listening online, and you feel like it is your sweat, it is your strength, it is your, or even a millionaire in other currencies. Let me not limit God or limit us, you know. Um, and you feel like it's your strength that has made it so. You feel like it's because you're very prudent with your resources or the fact that you started investing early or the fact that you've gotten amazing or fantastic jobs over the years and so it's your intellect, your Oxford degree, you know, your, your MIT certification that has brought all of these things together for you. I need to remind you that God is your source and the Bible is filled with a ton of scriptures that help us understand the fact that God is our source as his children. Now, you may be wondering, if God is our source, then how come there are people who don't know God, who are not professing Christians like you and I, and yet have a ton of money? Now, God's definition of wealth isn't our own definition or interpretation of wealth. That's one. Number two is the fact that God will always commit resources into places where they will be utilized. That is why money doesn't flow in the direction of need. Do you understand me? If it was so, certain poor countries should be rich. There are certain countries that should be rich because if it is a function of need, money flowing in the direction of need, then they will be rich because they need money. However, money flows in the direction of value. It flows in the direction of value. So just in case you've been wondering, why is it that 
I, the Christian, I'm struggling, but here's my counterpart, you know, who's, who doesn't really send God, clubs all night. In fact, Sunday morning, he's, he's you know, hungover from, from Saturday night's clubbing. And yet, he's thriving, just like the song the band sang. The person is thriving and doing well, making great strides, and you're wondering. There are certain principles that we need to understand as God's children that do not respect whether you're a Christian or not. Whoever applies those principles, they're biblical principles, by the way. But when the Bible says that the children of the world are wiser than the children of light, it is because the children of the world will apply principles while the children of light will be praying. All right, um, so Deuteronomy 8, 17 to 18 says, you may say to yourself, this is just one scripture that I will read, um, showing us or reminding us that God is our source. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Philippians 4.19, we all know, well, we should know what that scripture says, right? Um, God wants to increase you in influence and in affluence. God wants to increase us as his children in influence and affluence, two different things. A lot of times, we young people believe that to be able to be influential, you must be affluential. I, I'm not sure there's a word like that, guys. Oh, there is, okay. You must have money to be able to influence. Absolutely not. Some of the greatest people that have done amazing things in this world that we still read about today and we talk about today, we're not the world's wealthiest people. But God wants to increase you in influence. We're talking about pressing into abundance, guys. He wants you to be more influential in your space. Where you sit, where he has positioned you, he wants you to be influential. And he also wants you to be wealthy. He wants you to be affluential as well. There are some people that need money to be able to... Um, God needs to release money to them to be able to do the work that he has placed in their hands. There's kingdom agenda to be done. There are families to be fed. There are resources to be provided for communities. And God will commit those material resources into the hands of people who he considers faithful with them. Now, today is not the day to go into faithful, um, being a faithful steward and all of that stuff, but we, should, we will get, get into it. Just so we understand that there are certain principles that transcend whether you are a Bible-believing, tongue-talking Christian or not. You know what? In fact, for this year, one of the things that we need to be deliberators as Christians is to be wise. The Bible speaks about you know, the wisdom of God and the power of God. A lot of times we sit and we focus on the power. And we fail to attract the wisdom and apply the wisdom of God. Some of us are sitting and praying. Meanwhile, what you need to do, God has revealed to you ages ago. And he's just wondering, well, this child of mine, hopefully you will show up in church on Sunday and you will listen to BWS and you will get up and you will start running. Because you have been praying for the solution that I have given you since. I have committed it into your hands already. Now let's go on in scripture and we'll see. Our understanding of wealth matters, okay? Um, there's a popular scripture, a popular story that if you've been in Sunday school or you've been in, in, in you know, the Christian faith for a while, you'll be familiar with. But if not, it's the story of the children of Israel and when um, they were being led out of captivity. And God would say to them, um, through Moses, in Exodus uh, chapter 12, Yes, Exodus chapter 12. Sorry, I'll run through a couple of scriptures today. I hope that you can take down those scriptures and also go and read, read through them um, outside of here. But Exodus chapter 12 from verse 35, it says, Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. Force they plundered the Egyptians. A lot of us, you know, we get stuck on the fact that the children of Israel plundered the Egyptians and we appropriate that into our own personal situations and we begin to call forth wealth. 
We call forth the wealth of the Gentiles. We call forth, I mean, yes, there, there are scriptures that speak to that. But one of the things that we do still in this whole narrative of the children of the world and the children of light, the children of light, you sit down and we begin to place demand on the wealth of the children of the world. And we say, by reason of the fact that we are God's children, that we are children of life, we are more privileged. And what the person that has applied sense and has gotten wealth is enjoying needs to come to us. And one of the scriptures that we use to buttress this is this uh, scripture in Exodus here, where God told the children of Israel to go and get the articles of silver. Just go to the Egyptians. Get stuff from them. I will cause them to favor you and they will hand over everything to you. You know, I remember once listening to a story. I don't know whether it was a, 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 I think it was a meme or so on social media. And someone went for a job interview, not prepared. And they were asking the person questions, and the person was quoting scriptures. In an interview, the person was quoting scriptures. You know, I've also heard stories, you know, in uni, where people will say to you, uh, oh, I passed an exam. I just wrote in tongues. I mean, I never saw the script, so I really don't know if it is true. But we've heard people just say all sorts that make you, as a Christian, just cringe. Sometimes you're almost ashamed to even be called a Christian besides such people because, and this isn't judging them. This is, they make it look as though we're stupid people as Christians. You're calling for the wealth of the Gentiles and stuff. I mean, yes, there is the place for that. But remember what I said, God would only commit resources into the hands of people who are faithful and will utilize them according to his will. Now, one of the things we forget when we read the scripture in Exodus here is the fact that the children of Israel had labored. They had been in slavery. In fact, if you remember from the time of uh, Joseph, you know, Bible records that after the uh, Pharaoh who knew Joseph, who brought in Joseph and the children of Israel had died, the new Pharaoh went crazy, increased their, you know, their workload, doubled their burden, reduced the resources. So the children of Israel had labored already. So when God was asking them to go and place a demand and collect stuff, it was not because it was freebie. Because God doesn't operate like that. I mean, the Proverbs is filled with several sayings about the treatment of, you know, being slothful, the, the, the repercussion for being slothful. And, and the, you know, reward for being diligent. So you think that same God will now just, all you need to do every day is wake up, read your Bible, pray in tongues from morning till night, not put forward an application for a job, you know, not brush up yourself, learn new skills and stuff. And you expect that the heavens will be opened and manna will fall from the sky for you. Sorry if, this, if today's message sounds a bit hard. It's not the intention. It's just that when we talk about money and abundance, we need to get it right. Okay, so first things first. First things first. We need to put the first things first. When we talk about abundance as God's children, material resources, you know, abundant joy, abundant life, wealth, whatever it is, we've established that God is our source. Now, if God is our source, or because we know that God is our source, what is the first thing that we need to do? And it's seen in Matthew 6.33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom. A lot of times we have our priorities misplaced. We see we want the abundance, we want the wealth, we want the fame, we want the success, we want the influence. We don't want the giver. Of these things remember that i've built now i laid a foundation where i clearly said the giver of gifts is god god is our source is the one who teaches us to make wealth he's the one who enables us to profit he's the one who supplies all of our needs according to his riches now if he is the source and he says the first thing to do is you seek me first. If you want to live a life of abundance and you want to get into levels of influence and affluence, you need to seek him first. Otherwise, 
you will be running round and round in circles like the children of the world, chasing after stuff that don't satisfy. Because money by itself is not designed to bring fulfillment. Hello? Money by itself is not designed to bring fulfillment. There are some of us here today who believe, oh, if I can start earning two million naira, <laughs> it's all over. It is all over. Some, it is a function of two million. What's that? That's what I already earned now. Just five million. I'm not asking for much. Let my investments yield, you know, dividends, returns annually of about a hundred million. I'll be all right. And, you know, that's all we want. That's how far we can see what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear, what is our net worth, what does our bank account say. For some of us, our desire is, I want to be one of the 30 under 30s, you know, war, war, uh, Forbes list of 30 under 30. Some people, you are past 30 already, but you are aiming for 40. You want to do stuff that allows you to make certain lists. But God is saying, you need to refocus. You need to reprioritize. It is me first. It is me first. Put me first. Seek first my kingdom. Seek first my will. Seek first the things that God will have you do. Seek first the life that he would have you live. Over and above the things that you can get from him. This year, we need to propose that our relationship with God will no longer be transactional. Where it is a, for those of you who are here when I shared my God experience, where it's a function of the things that God can do for you. You come to him based off of the things that he can do for you, the things you can get from him. He's faithful, he's merciful, he will show up. But you will be shortchanging yourself. Because there is more in him that you need to begin to access this year. Way more than you have ever accessed before and experienced. That is what greater means. He wants to open you up to new levels in him. He wants to open you up to new dimensions. It's not about the car. Those things will come. Let me tell you. See, Jesus has to undergo temptation. But first he goes, you know, Bible speaks about him being led into the wilderness. I think it's in Luke 4. He's led into the wilderness. He fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible says that he went, you know, he had just been baptized. I think I said this last week. He had just been baptized and the Spirit of God had come upon him. God had affirmed him. But then we see him taken into the wilderness. He undergoes those temptations by the enemy and he comes out. I think in verse 14 of that look, I think it's Luke 2 actually. Either Luke 2 or Luke 4. But he comes out and the Bible speaks about his fame spreading abroad. The Bible speaks about you know, a new dimension of power that Jesus begins to function in. Why? Because he had separated himself. He had sought first what mattered the most, time with his father. He had prioritized time with God. Over and above the things that the enemy you know, had tried to present to him, Satan had tried to present to him. Now, seeking the kingdom of God is the pathway to sustainable, sorrow-free wealth. And as you seek God's kingdom, you will receive divine instructions. One, about your location. Two, your association. And three, your seed. And I will run through those quickly. Now, your location. You know, just thinking about this, I was reminded of the various dimensions of locations that, that exist, your, your physical location, your spiritual location, even your relational location. So spiritually, where are you? That's the first question God would ask in the scriptures when he was seeking out Adam after they had eaten the fruit and they were in hiding. He would ask them, where are you? And so I'm asking you this morning today, or God is asking us all today, where are you? Where are you located? You are desiring wealth. You are desiring a new job. You are desiring plenty of money, new cars. You are desiring husband. You are desiring wife, babe, boo. You are desiring it all. 
you want to sit on a board, you want to do amazing stuff, and if you're already enjoying all of these things, there's still more ahead for you. And God is saying, where are you presently? Where are you located? Where are you located spiritually? Where are you? As God's children, we are positioned, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. You know, we are seated with Christ. Far above principality, we are seated with him at the right hand of the Father. But where are you? Have you allowed your current conditions, have you allowed 2020 events shift your location? Some of us have shifted so much so that even our physical location has shifted. There are some people that are, not, that are not supposed to be in Nigeria that are in Nigeria. I know, and I said that deliberately. Because what I meant to say was there are some people that are not supposed to go to Canada that are still chasing it. You have written IELTS how many times, and you have not taken it as a sign. You have done, you've processed several things. This Canada by force. Have you asked God where you are supposed to be? Where are you? And that's a question I want us all to meditate on this week. Where are we spiritually? Where are we located presently? Examine your life. As we, you know, we did, we've done several, today's day seven of our, of our fast. It's a good time to, you know, re, repro, re, reprioritize and reposition. Yes, that's the word, reposition. It's a good time to reposition. Okay? So, you're not supposed to be out of the country, you're here. Some people, you are supposed to be in Benue, in the northeast. But you have refused to hear that instruction. Because you're like, God, no, that can't be. It can't be used. That's the devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. Be gone. Meanwhile, God is saying, that job in the northeast, I have work for you there. But you can't see it. You can't. Why? Because your understanding of success, your understanding of wealth is not what God is. You don't understand how God perceives and how he sees and how he designs things. And so, part of the things that we need to do this year is to begin to see differently. And it's the Holy Spirit that can enable that. For us to begin to see and to interpret correctly. The Bible speaks about the sons of Issachar that they had an understanding of the times and the seasons. There is a time for everything, guys. And a season for every activity. Where are you? Your location. Professionally. I spoke about people who, you know, you won't apply for a job and yet you're trusting, for, you're trusting God for the miraculous. How about you even start with an application? How about you even start with putting together a good resume? If you need help with a resume, we have people who can do that for you in church here and we'll do it for you for free. Okay, you can speak to the head of our care unit. The care team is always located at uh, the extreme side of the church. They'll be happy to help you. And if you're online, just send a message there saying that you need help. And our ministers online will reach out to you. But this year has got to be different. This cannot be the year where you sit on your butts and do nothing. And you're placing a demand on the power of God. Okay, so the next thing is your association. Who are you rolling with? Who are you rolling with? Now, in Genesis 26... Yes, Genesis chapter 26 from verses 1 to 14. It's a very long read, so I will not read it now. But I encourage you, please note it down and go and read it. It's the story of Isaac and how that there was a famine in the land and Isaac, you know, had to relocate from where he was. He was in Canaan and then he had to move to Gerah. But God then says to him, because that wasn't his, his final destination, Isaac's desired destination was Canada. <laughs> Egypt. Isaac wanted to go to Egypt, like some of us want to go to Canada. But God says to him, hold up, don't go, wait here, wait here. And God says to him to dwell in that land. God reminds him of the promises that he had given to his father, that obviously by reason of, you know, um, transfer of, of blessing and, and connection to that lineage, obviously, he was a beneficiary of those blessings. And God reminds him these things. 
And he says to him, dwell in the land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. Now, here was a guy who, you know, all you're looking around is, you're seeing famine. You're seeing how things are not working. You're seeing COVID. You're seeing your loss of job. You're seeing your pay cuts. You're seeing your broken relationship. You're seeing, you are seeing everything that isn't working. And God says, stay there. Don't leave that organization yet. Yes, they're treating you poorly. Stay in there. Yes, they've reduced your pay, and you know that you can get better outside of this company. Stay there. And we see, fast forward, how that, of course, Isaac had to lie at some point because the king of the land liked his babe, and, you know, to save himself, and he preserved his life. He lied that she was his sister. And, of course, eventually he gets found out. The king issues a decree. Nobody should touch this man and his wife. But the part I want us to dwell on there is uh, verse 12. It says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. He sowed in that land. First of all, it was a strange land. He had just come in there. But he sowed in that land and he reaped a hundredfold. He was coming from a place of famine, but he sowed. But that's not, today I'm not dwelling on the hundredfold. I'm dwelling on the fact that Isaac sowed. Isaac sowed. Someone needs to say that to themselves. Isaac sowed. Isaac put in the work, guys. Isaac put in the work. Isaac gave, some, gave God something to work with. Isaac did not pray. Scripture did not say Isaac prayed. Scripture did not say Isaac appropriated the blessing and began to declare it in that land, walking to and fro the ends of Jerah and making declarations that my God has given me this land as promised to my father every day. Isaac did not undertake a religious activity. Isaac sowed. Isaac put something into the earth and the earth yielded its increase for him. And of course, God blessed the work of Isaac's hands. Hence why he could reap a hundredfold. Let's read it further. It says, the man began to... Okay, let me take it again from 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Pressing into abundance, guys. So it's, you see, it's not a wishy-washy thing. God will bless the works of your hands if you will submit the works of your hands to him. God will bless the works of your hands if you will obey because obedience is very critical in this journey. That as he's giving you instructions that you are complying. Okay? Now, in that same land, the second thing is your association. I've spoken about your location. So Isaac was positioned in Jera. He obeyed God and he stayed there and God blessed and increased him. Your association, obviously, by reason of the fact that he was in that land, he met the king and all of that stuff. But who are the people that you need to be associated to, you need to be connected to this year? That if you do not enter into your location, you may miss out on opportunities for connection. Who are the people that you need to work with? The people you need to partner with in this season. The people you need to collaborate with. Where are the places that you need to be? What associations do you need to join? Can we begin to prayerfully consider these things? But your association is hinged on your location because there are certain places that you would enter into where God would have you enter into that by default, you will begin to connect with certain types of people. But if we do not position properly, if we are not rightly positioned, we may miss out on those opportunities for such associations. Okay? Now, your seed. Your seed. Remember I said Isaac had something to put into the earth. What is in your hand? What has God given you? 
What is that thing you're looking at and you think is too small? What is that thing that you need God's breath on to increase? Can you start with what you have and start from where you are? Some of us are desiring things and we don't want to put in the work. Can we even submit what we have to God and ask him to use it for his glory? Let him breathe on it. Let him reveal to us, you know, strategies for increase and for profiting. You know, I'm reminded of that widow, the widow that um, was it Elijah now came in contact with. She was in debt. She had nothing anymore. She was desperate. And then they came to her, her debtors, uh, sorry, her collectors, you know, came to her to collect her children. That was all she had. Her most prized possessions were her children. And they were going to take her children from her. And she cried out to the prophet. And the first question the prophet would ask her is, what is in your house? What do you have? And you know, we see in different places where God would ask. I mean, when God would speak to, to Moses, right? I think it was Moses. And he would ask him, what is in your hands? God was going to send Moses on, on an assignment. A new assignment. He had never been there. He had never had to do stuff like that before in his life. And for some of us, that's us. You are in a new organization right now, or you have new responsibilities. You've never done these things before. And God is saying, what is in your hands? Because there are things, there are talents, there are gifts, there are abilities that I have blessed you with that you need to be mindful of. Let me work with those things. Just submit them to me and let me work. Okay, so our seed in this season is very important. And I'm not talking about monetary seed. God will say certain things to you. He would give you divine instructions. You know, you will need to take faith actions. But that's not even what we're focusing on today. What we're focusing on. The Bible says that it is God who ministers seed to the sower and bread to the eater. We are focused on the bread parts. We need to begin to think about the seed too. Okay? Now, lastly, as I just bring this all together, Luke chapter 1 verse 14. Please note down the scripture. We won't be able to read it, but it's, it's, yes, that's the one I was trying to remember. It's the story of the temptation of Jesus. We see how Jesus Christ is tempted here, and you know, I think it's Luke 2 actually, it's not Luke 1. Um, but hey, I've spoken about the fact that the Spirit of God was upon him. He went to the wilderness, but came back with a lot more power. Two of the temptations there that Jesus, the first one, Satan would ask him to turn stone to bread and satisfy his craving. You know, there's a way your challenges, our challenges, whatever it is we're going through, there's a way it makes us focus inward and we're thinking about just us. We're thinking about ourselves. You are currently just focused about, you know, focused on what you are going through at the moment. Meanwhile, God wants us to lift up our head and let him walk with us and walk through us and walk with our seed this year. Jesus will rebuke the devil with scriptures and will say to him, man shall not live by bread alone. It doesn't mean man shall not live at all by bread. But that is not the only thing that matters. And that is what God is saying to us this morning. Beyond the things that you want, you need to begin to seek me for the things that I prepared you for. The things that I want to do through you. Where I want to walk through you. How I want to reach a community through you. How I want to fix things in your organization through you. I need you to begin to take your place as a problem solver. Because the solution to that, you know, what is going on in that organization is in your hands. What is going on in that family? The solution lies in you. I only just need to be able to connect with you so I can reveal things to you. I can open your eyes to see and open, expand your mind to think bigger and to think deeper than you're currently thinking. But you see, when we spend time thinking about just what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear, who we will marry, whose baby we will carry, if that is all that matters to us, then we can't see beyond the things. We can't see beyond those things. We can't see the greater. We can't see the more. Okay? So, instead of focusing on just yourself, 
focus on God's word. Focus on God's will for your life. The second temptation was to worship the devil for money. He wanted him to bow down and he was going to give him all the wealth of the world. Fame, riches and all. Please, go and read further down that scripture. If Jesus did not get those things and more, he didn't need them from the enemy. In this generation, we find ourselves cutting corners and doing a ton of things to be able to make it. During our, our leadership strategy meeting, Pastor Godman was telling us, I think he even said it the last time he was here, you know, telling us about this whole, what's, what did he call that thing again? BC, business email, something. Is it corruption or something? And how that Nigeria was the top on that list. Yahoo, Yahoo, bottom line, that's what the thing is called. Business email fraud or so. But Nigeria is topping the list. And some of us have them as friends. We know them. And we are we admire them we want to be like them it's just fear that has not allowed you to start we're going to reach them this year by the power of the holy ghost we're going to bring them in but for us as god's children who you bow down to matters what you bow down to matters as well you may be paying lip service to your faith in God. Say, God, I love you. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. But the corresponding action shows otherwise. Who you are at work, what you do in secret where no one sees, what you do for money. May God help us all. I thought I'll get a louder amen. May God help us all. I know, yeah, so like, some of the things that we don't want to hear have been said. But we're here because God loves us. We're listening in because God loves us and he wants us better. He wants us to fulfill his will for our lives. That is the only path of contentment and fulfillment, guys. One of my mentors said to me, the most wealthiest people in this country, you don't even know them. They're so coded. You don't know them. You don't know them. They are humble through and through. Let us pray. Let us pray. Uh, can I have the band, please? Just, they will lead us in a song quickly and then we would pray. In Christ alone. If you know that song, just sing it. It's a song of surrender. We are reaffirming. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground. Came to the fiercest drown and song. What heights of love, what heights of peace, when peace I stay, when striving see, my comforter, my comforter, my only.
that need to end because you have been striving wrongly someone needs to acknowledge God as the source of their lives as their everything as they're all in all scripture says in Proverbs 16 3 the amplified classic translation it says roll your works upon the Lord commit and trust them wholly to him he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will and so shall your plans be established and succeed would you begin to make that your declaration this morning that in the name of the Lord Jesus you are rolling your works you are submitting your life you are submitting your life in Christ alone your hope is found you will not go down to Egypt for help you will not engage the wrong means the wrong ways shortcuts to be able to make it in life you will not cut short your journey of destiny in the name of the Lord Jesus someone needs to begin to pray and say God grant me an abundant uh, an understanding of of your wealth of how you see wealth of how you perceive wealth in the name of Jesus let me put first things first help me to seek your kingdom this year and its righteousness help me Lord to seek your kingdom and its righteousness I refuse to continue to run round and round in circles Someone needs to repent this morning and say, Father, I am getting up and I am taking action. I am getting up, I am taking action. I am starting that business, I am writing that proposal. I am starting that business, I am making that job application. In the name of Jesus, I am acting on the instructions and the wisdom that you have released to me. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I refuse to be slothful. Someone needs to make that their declaration this, this morning. I refuse to be slothful this year. I declare that I am diligent in the name of the Lord Jesus and the works of my hands bring me before kings. In the name of Jesus, someone needs to begin to ask for a fresh supply of the wisdom of God. And you need to say in that same vein that I will not bow down to the pressure of the world. You know, there's, there, there are people here that you've been pressured into doing certain things to be able to make, get ahead in life. You are saying, no longer shall I be pressured. No longer shall I continue to bow to the wings and the scheme of men. In the name of Jesus, Father, I'm submitting to you. I am choosing you, O oh God, above all else. I'm choosing your way. I am choosing your way. I am choosing your path to abundance. I am choosing your path to abundance in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want to pray quickly for someone here today you don't have a relationship with Jesus and, and you are at that place where you say Lord I need you I need you I need you for my life to make meaning this year if you are that person all eyes closed all heads bowed you are that person who is saying I've been bowing to the wrong things I've been bowing to the wrong people today I'm saying Lord I choose to bow to you I want to have you as Lord and Savior. If you are that person, can I ask that you just indicate by raising your hand. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. Just indicate by raising your hand. 
so that we can help and support you on this journey. We want to know you. We want to be able to help you in your walk with God. If that is you, you, you are choosing. Someone here is rededicating their heart to Jesus. And you're saying, Lord, I have missed you. I have strayed from you. I have bowed to the wrong gods. I have prioritized the wrong things. But this morning, I'm coming home. This morning, I am refocusing. I am repositioning. If that is you, would you please raise your hand so I can say a word of prayer with you. Please repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I come to you this morning and I repent of all my sins. I ask that you forgive me and I receive your forgiveness. I ask that you change me. Help me live a new life with you. I choose you above all else. I surrender my heart to you completely. With my mouth this morning, I declare that you are Lord over my life. And with my heart, I believe that you were raised from the dead for the salvation of my soul. So Lord, open me up. Let your spirit indwell me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for everyone who has made it, it, taken a position for you today. Heaven rejoices and we are excited, Lord, uh, that you have chosen for, for these ones to come to you today. We pray for grace. Grace for them to remain in you. Grace for them to stand in you, to walk with you in Jesus' name. We declare that nothing shall separate them from your love. Not pressures, not challenges, not the schemes of men, not the glitter of the world. We declare that these ones remain in you. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. If you've been blessed this morning, do you want to put your hands together and celebrate the King of Glory? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.